Each Nobel Prize winner receives approximately $1 million, which is provided by the interest earned on the money left by Alfred Nobel. This is Simple Joe for Friday, December 10th, 2021. There have been some really interesting Nobel Prize winners. You should look into the list. I should do a list on the top Nobel Prize winners. That would that would be a good one, wouldn't it? Yeah. Some of them are deserving and some of them you think, hmm. You know, Nobel uh, Alfred Nobel himself was the inventor of dynamite. He had all kinds of explosives and I think ammunition and weaponry and so forth. So there you go. Hello, my friend. I'm Simple Joe. I am so glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. I am glad we are here together. There are 36 days left until I reach one year of podcasting every single day. Just a little over a month. How about that? As we swing into the Christmas season, right? We're in the Christmas season now as we swing into the Christmas and get ready to start the new year. Today, we're going to hear the weather in New York City. Samantha Kuhn and I are going to talk about her top 10 air travel pet peeves and much, much more. So for my friends in or near New York City, including Big City Sam. Today, you're going to see a high of 50 degrees Fahrenheit and a low of 44 with partly sunny skies. Tomorrow, Saturday, going to get some rain in the morning, but a high of 66 degrees and a low of 44. And Sunday, partly sunny skies with 48 and 37 for the high and low. So a bit of a warm up, right? Not a bit, a serious warm up. 50 degrees, 66, 48 here in almost the middle of December. How about that, New York City? Thank you so much for listening. I certainly appreciate you, and I am so grateful that you are there. Here in Cincinnati, Ohio, Friday, today we're going to see a high of 61 and a low of 58 with rain most of the day, uh, at least sprinkles most of the day. Saturday, tomorrow, we're going to see a high of 64 and 28 with rain most of the day, pretty heavy rain most of the day. I hope it stops raining later into the evening because we're going to Kings Island with uh, my grandson and my granddaughter. Uh, probably six o'clock or so we'll get up there that should be fun as long as it's not raining but look at sunday full on sunshine with a high of 49 and a low of 29 six so 61 and 64 and 49 for friday saturday and sunday for the highs respectively that's all right we'll still have a blast doesn't matter in 1830 emily dickinson was born today american poet emily dickinson susan day was born today in 1952 probably best known for her role in uh, the Partridge family, but she also did a did a stint on L.A. Law as well. Rod Blagovich, 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 Blagovich. I can't remember how to say his name. <laughs> I remember this back in the day, uh, not so not so not so long ago. He was born today in 1956. He was the governor in L- Illinois and got into all kinds of trouble for corruption and solicitation of bribes and just got himself in in a bad way blagojevic 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 i guess rod blagojevic that's the best i have born today in 1956 raven simone from the cosby show was born today in 1985 also from that so raven i think she either she did or she does uh guest host or hosts on the on the view and in 1996, Joe Burrow was born today. Joe Burrow is the quarter, 
current quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's doing an awesome job this year, Heisman Trophy winner in 2019, and we really do appreciate him being here. So happy birthday, Joe Burrow. Today is National Lager Day. If you like lager, if you appreciate lager, that kind of beer, uh, yeah, celebrate Lager Day. Tip one up, right? Today is Dewey Decimal System Day. How could we ever get through the library when we were kids without the Dewey Decimal System? Yep, Dewey Decimal System today. Today is Human Rights Day. That's a good day to celebrate. Every human has their God-given rights, I believe, and we should honor that, respect that, and even fight for that. Today is International Animal Rights Day, so animals have their rights too. Not as much as rights as humans, but animals have their rights. Again, my opinion, I love animals. I appreciate animals. Don't yell at me, okay? I believe in protecting animals. I believe in doing what we can to save their habitat and not uh, not not kill them for unnecessary reasons. But I think their their hunting has its place. If you're feeding if you're feeding uh, feeding your family or whatever it might be. But today is International Animal Rights Day, and today is Nobel Prize Day. Today we celebrate Alfred Nobel and the Swedish man who invented dynamite. And then regretted it. <laughs> so National Lager Day, Dewey Decimal System Day, Human Rights Day, and International Animal Rights Day, and then Nobel Prize Day. All right, Big City Sam, here <laughs> you are to talk about your pet peeves of air travel. All right. I know that you you reacted to a couple of my pet peeves and you disagreed with a, a few of them. And I'm sure we'll talk about those things, right? And but yeah. you have put together Samantha Coons top ten peeves of air travel, and you got some honorable mentions in here. And I seen I see the list here, and I can tell you right now, we'll we'll probably have a an interesting discussion on some of them, right? I have to tell you, as I was putting this together, I've discovered that my biggest pet peeves are just with the human race and <laughs> people. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's. Life would be fun without other people, right? Life would be okay without other people, huh? (laughs) Now, now uh, you are, you're engaged with a friend of mine's podcast, uh, geeking on WDW, Kurt Stone, and uh, you are, you are certainly engaged in in his community and that's how, that's how we met and that's how we connected. And I certainly appreciate uh, you as a listener of the simple Joe. And uh, I certainly appreciate the feedback and the comments that, that you text me or email me and so forth. And your travel pet peeves were certainly one of those things that we, that we chatted about. It may be the longest, the longest email (laughs) I've received about the show. So kudos to you, Samantha. There was one thing and we'll get to it that like my mind was blown and I was like, Oh, I have to text Joe about this. And I started a text and then you kept going. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this this is too long for a text message. I need to like make an email about this. That's funny. That's and I was funny. Like, this is probably more than you bargained for when you said, you know, reach out to me if you have thoughts. <laughs> like, oh, I have thoughts. You had thoughts. That that is that is for sure. That is for sure. So here we go with Samantha Coon's top ten air travel pet peeves. All right, and I'll let you lead the list. And uh, I will I will offer my commentary as we go. So at number at number ten, at number ten we have airport bathrooms. And to be honest, this is what first made me realize that 
it's us that are the problem. Because my issue with airport bathrooms is that they usually have multiple entrances, which I know isn't intended to help the flow of traffic. But as a society, we can't handle it. So (laughs) I find that there's always someone who either goes in the exit and cuts the line and then people are upset or two lines form and we can't figure out how to make it work between the stalls. And this is probably more a female problem than a male problem because we always have lines at bathrooms and you guys walk in and walk out. And we're done. So we should, we clearly now we're, we're in a different time and age, but I, I still believe that we clearly should have different experiences between you and me at bathroom experiences. Right. (laughs) So, uh, so is the, is the issue that you have that there are lines that people don't know the rules? What are the rules for, especially let's, let's talk about women's restrooms and I'll talk to you about men's restrooms. So in theory, there should be an entrance and an exit, but they're not marked. They're not clearly marked. Right. They're not clearly marked. People go in whichever way. And there's frequently, especially in larger bathrooms, two rows of stalls. And then a lot of times you, you don't even realize there's a second row because you have to go all the way around. So people are standing in line and it turns out there's a whole row of bathrooms empty or people go in the exit and cut the line and because there's empty bathrooms over there and no one knows about it and everybody's upset. <laughs> or maybe that, that could be a, like, that could be a hack go though, in right? One way and go out the other way. And I don't, it's been years that this has been going on. I don't think we're going to master it. So <laughs> they either need to come up with a way to not allow people to enter in the exit or just make one door and call it a day. That that could be the bathroom hack, the airport bathroom hack. No, there's two entrances. Okay. What, if you had to make your rule, where would you, on what side would you hide, hang the entrance sign and what side would you hang the exit sign? Right for entrance and left for exit or the other way? No, the other way around. I think you go in the left and out the right. That clearly breaks all rules of Western society. (laughs) Okay. When you're driving down the road, which side do you drive on? I mean, I know you drive on the right-hand side, but when you're walking, you walk on the left-hand side. Because you're walking against traffic and you don't want to get hit by the truck. Okay. That's one we just, the the entrance should clearly be on the right-hand side clearly be on the right-hand side. So bathrooms, more than any other bathroom, I have gone into the wrong restroom in airports more than any other restroom. And I don't know why, because in some, I think in the Cincinnati airport is what it is. In the Cincinnati airport, you have restrooms labeled. So I'm just kind of moseying along, not really paying attention and thinking I'm going into the men's room because I always enter on the right. And there I am. And immediately I know because I don't see. Because there, you hit a line <laughs> right, and you're like, I never hit a line. I'm not in the wrong place. Okay. So when it comes to the restrooms real quickly, and then we'll move on to number nine. Give us the three rules to follow when we go into the rest, into the airport restrooms. Enter, enter on the left. Enter on the left. Okay. Enter on the left. The rule. Okay. Enter. If, if we would all enter on the left, we'd be gold. Because you know what? Usually the sinks are on the right-hand side. So that clearly mm. means that that's the outgoing side. Gotcha. But but this could turn into Samantha Kuhn's airport bathroom hack. If you need to go and you need to go right now, enter on the right. 
because those stalls are usually open. There's a line of angry women. (laughs) (laughs) So number 10 of Samantha Coon's top 10 air travel pet peeves, airport bathrooms. The rule is enter on the left. left. All right. Number nine. Number nine is people who clap when the plane lands. Okay. I just don't understand. And I find maybe I'm just annoyed that I don't, no one claps when I do my job as it was assigned to me (laughs) because I mean, at the end of the day, I, yes, I would never want to be a pilot. It's a lot of responsibility and I'm sure it's a difficult job, but we, they did what was expected of them. Why are we clapping? Right. Well, do you think that they're clapping for the pilot or just clapping that they're alive? I assume that they're clapping because they're alive, but like, were we that, did we really think there was that high of a chance that we were going to not arrive alive? I I don't think I've ever seen people clap. This is one thing that I've never seen. And, and I used to travel a week, a month for, for years. Uh, and it was always, it was always business travel. Uh, so you have a different experience. Yours is your travel has been primarily leisure. Uh, but you travel fairly often. I mean, you said, you said, I've heard you say that you've been to Disney four times and you live in New York. You've been to Disney four times in the past year, right? Yeah. Or year or so. Uh, so you obviously travel a lot for leisure, but you, this is an often thing you see this often. It's definitely gotten less over the years because I think there's more and more people that feel like me, but back maybe like five plus years ago, I feel like most trips we would land and there would be at least a handful of people that would start clapping. And you're like, is this a surprising outcome to right, you right. Like that we have made it here? Yeah. And it's not a performance, right? This isn't an encore. I mean, yeah. what, what are they going to take off the plane? And are you, are you hoping for an encore take off, take off again and <laughs> land it again? Okay. Just to, just for that one big landing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I never quite understood that. To your, to your point, you're probably right. They're clapping because they made it there alive. But like, I don't think that should be a surprise. But it's okay to think like, is it okay to say, hey, when, when you walk off the plane to say, uh, thank you. Thank you to the attendants yeah. and great flight. I always say thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing. So number, number 10, airport bathrooms. Number nine, people who clap when the plan lane. So how should they act? Just like, act like it's normal. Get off. Get off the plane. Oh, we're going to get there. We're going to get to wait, getting off the plane. Wait until it's your turn and then get off the plane. Right. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. So that's that's number nine. People who clap when the plane lands. Number eight. Number eight is people who try to talk to you during the flight. So I I will say. Oh, my I'm, gosh, Samantha. You don't like people, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so. I was like, I'm made very uncomfortable by small talk. I can't do the small talk with strangers. It's not my forte. I don't want to do it. I also am someone who has a very short attention span. So when I get on the plane, you would think I'm traveling with a toddler. Like I've got an iPad. I've got a book. I've got snacks. I've usually got like a puzzle book or some type of other activity to do. No matter how long the flight is. So I'm immediately when I sit down on a plane, I take all of these things out and put them in the back of the seat and then put my headphones on. So I feel like I'm giving up all the signals of someone who doesn't want to 
engage in casual conversation with the person next to me. But still, do you ever have people that you have, do you ever have people that you have, you clearly have your headphones on, you're reading a book and you're, and you're turned the other way. And do they ever like tap you on the shoulder and want to talk or you just. I had a flight one time. And to be honest, I was so uncomfortable. I, I was sitting there with my headphones in. I think I had like a coloring, an adult coloring book out. I was coloring and there was this man next to me who had nothing. No carry-on, no bag underneath the seat, just walked on the plane with nothing. And How dare him? And he tried. <laughs> well, at first I was like, where is he going with nothing? Like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm now concerned for my safety because this seems <laughs> strange to me. But okay. And he, yeah, I don't remember if he tapped me on the shoulder or just like got my attention and spent the entire flight talking to me. And I made several comments about like, you got on this plane with no, what were your plans to entertain yourself for this two and a half hour flight? Like, I know what they were. They were just talking to the person next to you who doesn't want to talk to you. <laughs> I was like, I'm here with an iPad. I've got three movies downloaded, a book, a coloring book. Like, I mean, what was your plan? Samantha, like, I don't even have games on his phone, on my phone. I have one game I never heard of before. And I was like, were you just going to sit here and stare at the seat in front of you for Two and a half hours. Read the air travel magazine, right? <laughs> so you, what is, what is this? You, you clearly have an engaging personality. You, you don't, you can carry a conversation. You, you, you're, you're intelligent enough to come up with your own top 10 pet peeves. <laughs> so what is it? You just don't want to be bothered or you, or this is your plane travel is your downtime. I think I have a limited capacity for people. And so I save it for people that I like care about and want to talk to. I'm definitely an introvert, which I know seems strange, but so it takes a lot out of me to have a, in a two and a half hour long conversation is a long time to talk yeah. to anyone. I don't care if you're an extrovert or an introvert. If yeah. somebody wants to, wants to gab for two and a half hours, that's the problem. I don't mind. I don't mind. 15 minutes of small talk, where you're from, where you're headed yeah. is, is Florida, your home is Cincinnati, your home. Uh, boy, I hate the layover in Atlanta, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, do you, you know, here's your drink, here's yeah. your peanuts, whatever. Here's your, here are your pretzels, <clears throat> things like that. You know, I, I, yeah. I, and probably, probably kind of get through the first 15 minutes of the flight, even before you take off. That's kind of that, uh, that small little chit chat. Yeah. Um, but during the flight, I'm usually, I usually stick to myself. So I might be, I might be 75% with you here, Samantha. I'm not bothered too much by it. If somebody wants to chat, but I have my headphones on or I'm reading a, my Kindle book or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Especially in that scenario where I then discovered that this person had no, no other form of entertainment. I felt a responsibility right. to <laughs> entertain him for this time. I'm like, I have six types of entertainment. Would you like one of mine? Yes. In fact, I will give you my book. You can have this book for the whole flight. <laughs> I want to make sure what this next question isn't on is doesn't doesn't address your your list at all. Where do you like to sit on the plane? I like to sit in the window seat. Okay. Because I like to sleep if I can. Oh, you like the lean. You like the lean yeah. against the window. I get that. Yeah, yeah that makes like sense. That makes sense. I'm, I'm a, I'm an aisle seat guy. Uh, I'm an, I'm an aisle seat guy because, uh, 
because I like the leg room. I like, you know, being able to get up without bothering people and yeah. things like that, you know? So I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm short, so the leg room is not really a problem and I will do everything possible to not use the restroom on an airplane. So I'm never usually, gotcha, inter- gotcha. unless it's an international flight and which case eight hours is a little bit tough, but. Well, I, I bring a carry on that goes under the seat. So, mm-hmm. uh, um, I'm not great of stature myself. Uh, so I, but I will, uh, but I, I just like having that extra leg room, being able to put yeah. my lift that lift the armrest up and kind of just be a little more comfortable. I, I yeah. like the aisle seat. I like the aisle seat, but I will say this. One of my pet peeves as we're talking about seats is listen, guys, the middle seat gets both armrests. It's, it, it's an unwritten rule. This guy is sandwiched between two people. He doesn't know. He doesn't get the window seat. He doesn't get to lean and take a nap, or he doesn't get the, the beautiful view of the clouds. He doesn't get to stretch his legs or or spread or lift that armrest up. He is confined right there. He gets the armrests. Get you I get. I don't think so. Oh come on, come on. What? I, I think that's a very nice philosophy, but I bet it's definitely not an unwritten rule. So who? Okay. Especially, I will say, especially today where more and more frequently you have to pay extra for a window or an aisle seat. Mm-hmm. All right. So here, here's my question for you then here, who decides because, it's because if you're in the aisle, what did you say? It's my <laughs> fault. If I sit in the middle seat. Okay. Here's my it's question. For all. Whoever gets to the seat first and claims has the, and gets, they plant, the armrest gets the armrest. So if I get to the middle seat first yeah. and I, and I plant both arms on the armrests on the armrests, they are clearly mine from that point on. There's no nudging. There's no power control. There's no no overlap. There's no, you know. No, there's no nudging. You know, I don't want to touch the person next to me. So I'm certainly not going to nudge them. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's go down that rabbit trail for just a second, Samantha. Let's (laughs) go down there for just a second. Okay. I'm not weird, but I I, I do acknowledge and accept we're going to touch. Okay, we're on a plane. We're sitting next to each other with the the only barrier is what a two inch armrest. All right. That's going to happen. My knee might touch your knee. It's okay. You know, I might be trying to get something out. My foot's going to move over to your foot. Do not act like I have just invaded your home. And and you are, you are correct. We are likely going to touch, but I'm going to try really hard not to. Okay. If you try hard not to, that's fine. But if we do touch, don't act like I've just stabbed you in the eye or I am, or I'm trying to accost you in some way. Okay. I'm not, I'm trying to move my bag so I can, so I can get my headphones out. So I don't have to talk to you. Right. (laughs) It's been made clear that the person next to me doesn't want to have a conversation. That wants no interaction. So I guess I'm going to have to get into my bag and find the form of entertainment I brought because this person is not it. So. I'm okay with touching, but not in a weird way. You don't want anything to do with it, right? No, I'm going to try to avoid it at all. Time. Okay. So back to the armrest and then we'll move on because we are, yeah, we'll move on. But back to the armrest. Here's my question. The, the aisle seat clearly gets the left armrest, right? Yeah. The window seat clearly gets the right armrest. Yes. Okay. So who decides which armrest, if, if the middle seat does not clearly get both left and right because they're stuck in the middle. How, how, how does that happen? How does, who gets the armrest? Cause you don't want to touch, right? You don't want to touch. So that's out of the question. 
Uh, so how do we how do we do that? So I think it's first come first serve. I mean, the middle person next to me will always get my armrest because I don't want to touch them. So I'm never going to put my arm. So on you're the squeezed rest over to the right. I get it. So you're squeezed over to the right. So it's not really a problem. Yeah. Yeah. You try to create that 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 <laughs> big space <barrier>. between. <laughs> My uh, arm will never be on that left hand or whatever middle seat armrest right. because I don't want to risk having to brush arms with the person. Next gotcha, to gotcha, gotcha. Boy, you love COVID, don't you? Sure do. It's great. <laughs> I have to say, I mean, it was really great when they were keeping the middle seats open for everyone. Right. Now the last last trip or last two trips, I guess, I've had somebody next to me. Yeah. Which is above. You're okay though, right? So here we are. Number 10, airport bathrooms. Number nine, people who clap when the plane lands. Number eight, people who try to talk to you on the plane. Number seven. Okay. Now, I, this might come across controversial, so I'm going to try to make it not. Number seven is the parents of screaming children. The screaming children are not the problem. And especially, I recognize that my travel destination of choice is... Mm-hmm. Walt Disney World, right. so I'm likely going to be on a plane full of screaming children. That is just my crossbear. But the parents whose children are screaming and are making zero effort to comfort said child, those people are my problem. Okay. Which I find happens more and more these days. And so that's my issue. Parents of screaming children. Children can scream all they want. And if you're trying to comfort them and they don't stop, I have no problem with that. Right. Remember, headphones are an option, right? And you're not even like trying, trying. So headphones are an option, right? By the way, this is, this is controversial a little bit. Headphones are an option. So you, you can, you can plug your ears and try to, and I always have headphones on. Gotcha. All right. So what are they supposed to do? I mean, in a restaurant, I'm the, I'm the person that in a restaurant, if your kid is screaming in a restaurant, take them out of the restaurant, but you can't do that on a plane. Right. So what would your suggestion be to these parents in big, bold capital letters, parents of screaming children? What would your, what would you like to see them do to at least show like, to at least show that they're trying? I mean, I understand they're like, Air travel is difficult on a child. So I understand their ears are popping. They're not used to this or in a confined space. I don't know. Have some sort of entertainment. If they're able to, they just seem uncomfortable and they're able to get up and walk up and down the aisle. Like I was on our last trip, I was in an aisle or a row with a couple with their four children, ages infant to preteen. And this, poor infant was just so uncomfortable the entire trip. And the, I felt so bad for the parents because they were really trying and they were handing the kid off back and forth and trying to entertain them, trying to feed them and nothing worked. And I had no problem because they're tr- they're making right. an effort. And right. then eventually actually the flight attendant came over and asked, could she try? And she took the the child and walked it up and down the airplane until it, it calmed down. So as long as you're, you know, making some type of attempt to comfort the child, I'm totally fine. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. Even I'll, if they're screaming for the entire two and a half hour flight from New York to Orlando. Yeah. And, and I appreciate what you said in the beginning that, that you recognize, um, I, I'm going to Disney. <laughs> we're we're yeah. flying to Orlando, <laughs> Orlando. So I, I get I'm it. I'm the weird one on this plane <laughs> that doesn't have a child. But how cool is it? Now, and I'm glad you said that because I haven't seen this in a long time. I saw this a couple times 20 years ago flying where the, the child screaming, obviously the, the parent is doing everything that they can. And the, and the flight attendant comes and takes the baby or, and walks yeah. up and down the aisle Th- that, that still happens. Cause I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. I mean, it just happened. At this oh, that's fantastic. It was in October. And I, I mean, I haven't seen that either. And especially with COVID it's like, that's fantastic. You feel awkward being touching anyone. Right. So, well, you do. Um, yeah. <laughs> So she obviously, you know, asked the parents, would it be okay if I tried? And then after after that child calmed down, she moved along to the next child behind that child. That no was kidding. Well, God bless her, right? That's, I mean, that's that's somebody special. That's really nice. That's and somebody I mean, special. Yeah. Those, the poor parents, I mean, they're clearly outnumbered. They're there with their four kids and we're, you know, trying everything possible and it's just sometimes, it, you know, it doesn't happen. Right. So that's number seven, the parents of screaming children. Number six. Okay. Number six is overweight luggage fees, which is very different. This is one of the ones that is not people public related. Okay. So, and this might be me, just me, but if I get to the airport and I weigh my luggage and it's overweight, the very first thing I do is say, Okay, hold on. Take my suitcase off the scale, open it, and think to myself, what's the heaviest thing in this suitcase? Take that thing out and put it in my carry. Right. Yep. That's standard procedure. Those are going to the same place. Right. <laughs> so why is it okay for me to bring the same amount of weight? I can bring it on my carry-on. I cannot put it in my check luggage. That's funny. That's a that's a con- I'm not I don't know why I never made that connection, but yeah, you're right. You're right. I know very few people, unless you are really at your max capacity for space and weight and everything that are just like, sure, I'll pay the $25 for an overweight bag. Like, right. that's just not happening. So what's the difference if it's in my carry-on or in my check bag? So a couple things about that. I agree with you. It's all, it's all going to the same place. That's, that's, that's smart to connect those dots. Uh, it's all going to the same place. What's the big deal? What's the problem? And I don't know if maybe there's a, maybe there's some kind of threshold for the people that have to handle the, the, the luggage, my, my the baggage. Is probably, is probably you're right in that, you know, it, maybe it becomes a different type of job if you're handling things that are over 50 pounds. Right. I, and I think, but I, it's definitely revenue generation is what it is. It's definitely revenue generation to try to tack onto those people that just don't care. Right. Uh, most of the time when I have checked bags and I've rarely checked bags at the, uh, at the beginning of the process, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, but, uh, most of the time, if it's within a two or three pound margin, they'll, they'll offer some grace. They'll say, okay, well, that's okay. That's okay. You know, but let's, let's take a second here. Let's see if there's, nope, we will, we'll get to that. I have, cause I have a comment for you that will, that we will, we will certainly talk yes. about. 
Uh, overweight luggage fees. I think we're I think we're of the same mind there, Samantha. And I think yeah. the, the advice is do the best you can to weigh in advance. But if you are overweight, listen, baggage checker people, give us some grace. It's going to the same place, right? Airline people, we know you're you're trying to generate revenue, but it's going to the same daggone place. Grant us some grace, okay? Let us keep yeah. our let us keep our our twenty uh, five pound weight set in our. <laughs> It used, I will say the most I have seen it happen, it used to happen to my brother in college all the time because, you know, he went to school in Georgia and he lived in New York. So we would come back and forth for breaks and have all these textbooks and he wouldn't want to carry them in his in his carry on. So we would stick them in his check bag and every single time he would be overweight and be like, oh, I got to take my textbook out and put it in. He'd get out. dinged for it. That's funny. That's really funny. So that's number six, overweight luggage fees. Number five. Okay. Number five is crowding at the gate. And I will say I am a a committer of this to some extent. And I also probably experience it more than most because I'm typically flying out of a New York City airport and New Yorkers are notoriously aggressive and impatient and all of those type of things. But if you're in zone two or three or whatever, we don't need to be standing there when they're boarding first class. Right. It's going to be a long time yep. before we get to you. What's the point? The plane is going to take off at the same time. You're going to be able to sit in the same seat. What's the point in crowding? So, I mean, I know what the point is. People want to be first so they can get their luggage on the plane mm -hmm. so that they don't have to do our next, my next thing, which you love so much. <laughs> and we'll talk about that here in a second. But here's the funny but, thing about, go ahead. So my policy is, and I, I always fly Delta and I have a Delta credit card, so I'm always on one. So when they call Comfort, and that's and they start boarding Comfort Plus, because that's the boarding group before zone one, that's when I start to get my things together and stand up and get ready to go. So gotcha. I think- the one before you is there because then you'll be the, you want to be the first person in your zone to board. I just don't understand it. Uh, first of all, I hate waiting in lines. Uh, I don't, unless I'm going to go on a roller coaster. If I'm going on a roller coaster, I'll gladly wait in line, but I don't like waiting in lines. And it makes no sense to me if the planes, and I understand, and I understand that, okay, you want to get that overhead luggage and you don't want to have to do something else. Um, but, I'm almost always next, either the last or next to the last person on the plane. Almost always. Cause I just don't want to do it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I've got my, I've got my carry on. Uh, I've, you know, that'll go up underneath my seat normally. Uh, and it just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. And because there's something, there's something that I actually encourage and, and am glad to do. And that's, I think next on our list, which is number four. So that's number five crowding at, at the gate. Number four. Number four is gate check. There is nothing I hate more than not being on the plane and being able to get my carry on in the overhead bin and having to check it at the gate. Because the whole reason I have a rollerboard to go into the overhead bin is because I don't want to go to baggage claim and wait for my suitcase to show show up. So I just feel like if we don't have enough 
the, you know, there's requirements for bag size, right? So you have, you can have a bag that's X size that can go in the overhead and you can have a bag that's this other size that can go under the seat in front of you. If we don't have enough room for everybody on this plane to have those two things, then we should change the requirement. Okay. I, you and I are on complete polar opposite sides of the spectrum on this one. This is your ultimate favorite thing to do. This is, I love when I hear that announcement, if you would like to check your bag, because number one, I, I am, I am fairly frugal and I feel like I've just saved $50 by checking my bag, but, you but, because but it's, it's not the size I, of the check. Yes. Yes. I understand. I understand. <laughs> but here's what happens. There's nothing in my bag. I have one carry on and I have my, and I, I have one personal item carry on and I have my, my carry on luggage. Uh, that I love to get checked. When they make that announcement, I am first in line. When they say, uh, ladies and gentlemen, our flight is full this uh, this morning. And those of you who would like to volunteer to check your bags can do so now. I'm running to the counter to check my bags. I cannot, because now I don't have to mess with it. I don't have to mess with it. It's it's gone. It's on the plane. It's still on the plane, right? We've already established yeah. it's the same thing. It's still on the plane. It's going to the same place. There is that small chance that it could get caught, you know, in the in 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 um that that unknown place where lost baggage goes and you can't figure it out because it's been there the whole time. Why is it somewhere else now, right? But that's very rarely happened to me. I think it happened to me one time in all the times I've flown where they've lost my baggage. Maybe I've been lucky. My point is I don't, now I don't have to mess with it. Now it's, I, and there's nothing in my bag that I'll need. I don't have to mess with it. It's, it's, it's on its way. It's one last thing for me to, to mess with. So that's why I'm always the last one on because I don't mind it because the last people on usually are forced to gate check. And I'm like, God bless you. Yes. <laughs> so you're going to have to check that bag. Oh, really? When you said that originally, my first question, which I think you now answered was, do you typically have a checked bag anyway that you would then have to go to baggage claim to get? But you said no. 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 So I now do you not. have to make a trip to baggage claim. No, I do not. And here's why. Because in 90% of the airports I've been, baggage claim is always close to car rental. Mm. And at, okay. at least they're close to each other. So I'm going to car rental anyway, typically. Yeah. All right. I don't know about you, but I'm going to car rental typically. I'm never going to car rental. Okay. Because right, you go to Disney and Disney shuttles you. you go to I go to Disney and I live in New York. Okay. And so I don't, I'm driving nowhere. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. I understand now. So you understand it's a process thing now, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm almost always going to, to car rental because I live in Cincinnati and we drive everywhere. All right. So I'm almost you always going you have to drive. Right. I'm almost 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 always going to car rental anyway. So there's the, there's my bag and there it is. It's on the little carousel just waiting for me to get it. I didn't have to mess with it. I didn't have to pull it along. I didn't have to do any of that. I've just got my backpack and I'm moving, right? So please, please check my bags. So I'm curious to know, after you made that bold statement, did other people yes. come to you and say you are the only person that enjoys this? Two people said two people said you're nuts. Okay? And one person said No, three people said you're nuts and one person said I'm right with you. So I'm clearly in the minority. I understand. But not by much. 
I'm because cl- there's three of us and two of you. Right, right. <laughs> so, so yeah, you're right. You're right. And, and I and I get it. And I understand the whole getting in line thing so you can get the overhead bin and all that other stuff. Uh, but I just don't mind checking my bags. In fact, I encourage it. I I <laughs> it's my favorite thing about flying. And I will say, in defense of people that stand up too early, there's never enough seats at the gate for the amount of people on the plane, which is a, a sub pet peeve. Oh, 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 I got you. I got you. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. The waiting area. Yeah, the waiting area is not big enough for everyone on that plane to have a seat. You know, something I've noticed connected to that is I am just now over the past year or two. And what are, we're in, we're in 2021, moving into 2022. Just in the past year or two, is I'm I'm starting to see almost every waiting area, seating area. What is that called? What do we call that? Anyway, the seating area. Yeah. Has has um plugs for your has electronic plug USB plugs. Yes. Yeah. And that's just now becoming everywhere. You know, well, it, the planes it, have them too. The planes have them too, and that's very cool. That's very cool, right? Okay. I get it, Samantha. I'm checking my bag. I want to check my bag. You think I'm an absolute insane person. That was the original thing that led to what ended up being a very lengthy (laughs) email. It was about to be a quick text, and then you went off on other things, and I was like, okay, this is no longer a quick text. Well, let's make sure we cover those other things. So here we are. So that's number four, gate check. Number three? Okay, so number three is guests that want to change their seat once they are on the plane. And I was prepared to come and say, I have no problem switching seats if a child is not with their parents. But then I started to think about that. And that parent booked those seats with no plan to be next to their child other than let me ask someone else to inconvenience them. Right. And then I started getting more angry about the child, not with their parents. So two adults that asked to switch seats with you because they're not together. So what you're talking about is, is not asking to, because here's what I thought when I first saw this on your list, right? What I initially thought was, okay, if, if I'm in the middle seat, all right, and I see an open aisle seat up there where nobody has booked, it's not a full flight. Yeah. I will keep my eye on that seat. And as soon as... I think the rule is as soon as the gates closed, you yeah. can ask, but I'm yeah, asking the, the steward, I'm asking the flight attendant. All right. Hey, can I get in that seat? Yeah. And usually the first one that asks gets it right. Yeah. Uh, unless you're trying to switch up the first class. Yeah. The, but that's not what we are talking about. You're talking now, about that. I'm totally okay with. And, and then you probably did just save yourself $30 because now those seats cost more, cost more. What I'm talking about is everybody is seated and someone realizes they're not with the tra- their traveling party. And now I'm going to ask someone else, the person that's sitting next to me, hey, my mom is over there. Can you switch with her so we can be together? Right. And, you know, I've seen ad- two adults do that, which is like, okay, get over it. Mm-hmm. You can be separated for two hours. Right. And... More often than not, it's an adult that's with a child that says, oh, my child and I are not in seats next to each other. Can we switch? And then I just started thinking about, I'm not a parent, so I don't know. But like you as a parent booked a flight 
Right, right. There was no seats for you to be with your child. Now, it is possible that they they had to get there and they they were the only seats left. They were leaning on the goodwill of another human being, obviously not from New York, to, out of the good graces of their heart, to switch with them. Okay? And honestly, like, if any, if ever someone asked me, I'm not with my child, can you switch? I 100% of the time would say yes. But it is annoying. Because they did it. But it's just the thought of, and I'm, I agree there are extenuating circumstances and sometimes you just have to do what you have to do. But nine times out of 10, it's probably, this is the flight that I wanted to be on and I didn't book it early enough and there's no seats next to each other, but I'm just going to book it and expect someone to switch with me. That was kind of your argument for the middle seat too, right? Is, yeah, hey, listen, listen, you're you, in the middle seat. You booked, you booked that seat. Last minute. You booked it last minute. You didn't. You, so you deserve, you don't even deserve it. <laughs> You don't even deserve a, a tray. <laughs> you know, you deserve to be out of, out of, you just need to squeeze your arms together and deal with it because you book too late. I'm clearly a type A personality <laughs> that has to have everything done. The first possible opportunity to do it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of with you on this one. Don't ask, to ask another, uh, uh, another person not the, yeah. not the attendant to switch seats. Not, I'm not, we're not talking about to the empty seat. We're talking about actually yeah. switching seats. I get that. You should have planned in advance. And because I kind of, I may have needed my seat for very particular reasons. Right. Yeah. Like, okay. And especially, I mean, more often than not one of, if you need two seats next to each other, right. One of those seats is the middle seat. Right. So you're potentially asking someone to switch from there aisle or window, right. obviously the preferred seat into a right. middle seat. Now, and which I might have paid $30 for that aisle or window seat. And right. now I'm stuck in the middle seat. The evilest of evils, obviously, are the, is the person in a middle seat, right? They're, they're in a middle seat with yeah. a child in another seat and want you to switch that middle seat with, with their child on the, on either the window or the aisle seat. Those, those are the worst, right? The people, the person yes. who not only booked in advance with a kid, not in this, didn't book in advance with their kid uh, next to them, but they booked, they didn't book in advance and they're in the middle seat. And to top it all off, after you've switched with them, their child starts screaming and they make no effort <laughs> to comfort them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> How do uh, some people just don't deserve to live, right? <laughs> <laughs> they should have listened to the Simple Joe podcast and know that people hate when you do this. <laughs> That's funny. Let's talk about let's talk about the seats in in just a second because I want to I want to interject one of my one of my pet peeves and that is reclining during meals or snacks. The person that in the seat of for and they listen the seats are made to recline. Right. So obviously that is a feature of sitting on an airplane seat to recline, but come on, please. I'm, I'm, I got my water here. I got my coffee. I've got my bag of peanuts or I've got my pretzels and I'm trying to do my thing here. Why are you leaning back right now? Right now? Just stop. Now, do you find, cause this is what I, I find more often than not is if a person is is a reclining type person, like I typically don't recline because I'm in the window seat, I'm going to lean mm-hmm. up against the window. The second that you are able to recline, that seat is going back. Yes. 
Okay, say that again. So, you know, you can't have the recline during takeoff. Right. But the moment, if someone's going to recline, the moment that the flight attendant says, you can now, it's now safe to use your laptops and take your tray down, that they're, they're reclining. Right, right. Yes. They're not reclining because halfway through the flight, they decided they're tired and they're now going to try to go to sleep and they're going to recline. What do you, they're either reclining as soon as possible or it's never happening. Do you think it's appropriate to ask if it's okay to recline? To say, do you, because there could, that can be a pretty tight squeeze if they're reclining and you got your tray down and. Do you, you want to recline and you're going to be nice and ask the person next to you to. Not next you, to you, but behind mind? you. Yeah. Or do you think that's yeah, just I mean, I think that, too I think much that's trouble? A very nice thing to do. Well, but probably not expect I don't think it. Happen very often. But. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my, that's one. Do you think it's appropriate to the person in front of you is reclining? Ask them not to recline. Oh, I think if they've not already reclined, here's, here's where I really hate this. If they're not already reclined and it's snack time. Okay. What are we in kindergarten? Uh, And it's meal time. I was like. When's the last time you got a meal on a meal an airplane? Meal or snack, right? Snack time, okay? And so you put your tray down, so you have a place to put your water and your coffee, and that's what I always get, a water and a coffee. And mm-hmm. if they if they have peanuts, I'll probably get peanuts or something. But anyway. You, you realize my germaphobe, who doesn't want to touch anyone, is having a meltdown that you're getting coffee and water on an airplane. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I might offer you some after I drink out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but don't, don't lean back right then. Well, I've got my coffee and my, come on. Have have some courtesy and at least turn and say, hey, are you, do you mind? Yeah. So that's, that's a little one. So here we are. That was, uh, people who want to change seats. I think we're okay with that. Uh, you're okay with somebody who wants to change seats. If a seat's open, right? Like, yes. okay. Okay. 100%. Good. Good. So number two, that was number three. Number two. Okay. So number two is, is a lengthy one and it kind of is in conjunction with number one. So number two is people that hold up security for any reason a i want to know have you not been on an airplane in the last 20 years because the basic steps of security check in with your ticket and your license take off your stuff put it on the conveyor belt go through the scanner have remained the same for the last 20 years right and even if the answer to that is yes is everyone else seeming to be doing the same thing? Then maybe you should also do that. Right. You see somebody taking off their belt, slipping their shoes off. Yeah. We're not all just walking around in our socks for, for the heck of it. Like what, what blows me away. Here's what blows me away are the people that, that come onto the airplane and they're in security and they wait till the very last second, like you said, to even start any kind of process. Yeah. And, and, they have a three buckle harness belt. All right. And they have lace up work boots. All yep. right. And they have lace up work boots and, you know, three pounds pull over of, hoodie. Yeah. Pull over hoodie and three pounds of jewelry yeah. on. Come on. Come on. Wear your slippers, a pair of comfortable, comfortable, yeah. stretchy pants. Oh, that's another subject that we could go down, but we're not going to go there yet. Maybe next time, maybe next time, Samantha. <laughs> We're going to talk about leggings, okay? But oh yeah, <laughs> but not today. Sidebar: Leggings aren't pants. Yeah, leggings are not pants, and we'll go down that path sometime, but not today. Uh, 
the so you have this this person that clearly didn't even look to see what the process would be yeah and didn't see i am with you 100% on this one didn't see everybody else kind of taking their belt off if they have a belt all right taking their belt yeah. off taking their shoes off putting it and doing it in advance kind of carrying it there with them having their having their uh their license ready and their ticket yeah. ready or on their phone or something like that. Also, here's, here's, and, and I don't know if you're going to get to this. If you don't know, if you don't know how to access your ticket on your cell phone, if you don't know how to do that, print the ticket, please, because we don't have time for you to sit there and put it on the scanner and for it to, your, your phone to go black as you're putting it on the <laughs> scanner and you have to do it over again. And then you have to find it. Then you have to remember your, you have to remember your passcode and you sit there for five minutes just for your ticket, please. If you're not completely confident, 100% confident that you can use an e-ticket, print your ticket. Right? I'm with you on that. I'm with you. Okay. So anything else on people who hold up security? No. I okay. Think, be, like, be self-aware. Like, right. Look, know what's going on around you. Read the Do rules. That. Read the rules. It's or, simple. Yeah, like, if you've never... If I were doing something for the first time ever and never did before, I would look into it ahead of time and find out what should I know about this. So if you really haven't been on an airplane in 20 years, do a little research. I'm with you. So here we are. Number 10, air airport bathrooms. Number nine, people who clap when the plane lands. Number eight, people who try to talk to you on the plane. My gosh. Sam. <laughs> the number seven. The parents of screaming children. Number six, overweight luggage fees. Number five, crowd. And by the way, overweight, overweight luggage fees are not, it's not directed to humanity in general. It's directed towards the, <laughs> towards the, the process of logic, right? It's going on the same number five crowding at the gate. Number four gate check. We are clearly on opposite ends on that one. Uh, number three guests who want to change seats. Number two, people who hold up security. And number one? The entire process of security. We haven't gotten it down. Every single time I'm at an airport, every different every airport is different. And frequently, it changes from time to time. Are we taking our liquids out of the bag? No, we're not. Are we taking our putting our shoes in the bin? Are we putting them directly on the conveyor belt? Are we putting our suitcases in a bin? Are we putting them directly on the conveyor belt? What are we doing? Are we taking Every out our laptops? Different. Are we taking out our laptops? Do they have to go in a separate bin all on their own? Or can they be in a bin with something else? But that's not on top of it. It's different every every time. And some of the airports here, which is even worse, have started a new process where in order to try to save time, the bins come out under on a lower level and you pick one up at a time, which I've got the process down. I get four bins, mm -hmm. starts with suitcase, Shoes and jackets, electronics, purse. They all go together. But now with this process, you send one thing out at a time and it's mixed in with everybody else's that's next to you is one thing. So then at the end, you now have all your stuff scattered between everybody else's and it takes three times as long to get your stuff afterwards. Why do we just not have a, a single process that is the same at all airports everywhere? And then my favorite part is we go through the x-ray machine, but if there's a long line, we just scrap the x-ray machine and people start going through the metal detectors. Right, right. So either, 
either we're saying convenience is more important than safety, or we think the metal detector is safe enough. We're just for the heck of it making you guys go through x-ray machines. Right. So this, this again, doesn't fall on people. This falls on the process. This falls on, 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 um, the process of the, what's the organization? What's the government organization? TSA. TSA. Yes. That runs on the TSA process. Well, that's like, if they're all the airports are run by the same people, especially in the United States. Like it's all TSA. Why are they not all the same? So I, I agree with you. The, we have to understand a couple things. Number one, it's, it's the people, it's not the people's fault. It's not the TSA yeah. gate check, or it might be, there might be, they make it, uh, you know, I, I say that, but now, now I'm thinking they might give them some autonomy on certain situations. And there might be somebody that's a like strict on the rules that that bottle is yeah. over the, is over the limit because I've had times that listen, I brought this with me. Okay. This yeah. made it through CVG. Why isn't it not? Why is it not making it back? Back. You know Why? I brought it through CVG. It, it made it through Atlanta and it's now it's in, in Florida. All right. Because we, that's the place I primarily fly for leisure yeah. work. I fly all over the country, but why is it not able to come back now? It's the same thing. In fact, there's less liquid in there now than there was when I started because <laughs> I washed my hair while I was in, when I was in Florida. And <clears throat> right. So very true. I don't, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't understand that at all. I, I, I do not understand the rules, but we have to understand it's probably not the, the, the security persons, the TSA representatives fault, or it might be, but you know what, what should you never do? Don't yell at the TSA. Agent. Don't argue. You want to get off your, you want to be kicked off your flight very quickly or not even, not, not even off the flight, but eliminate it from flying at all. Argue with TSA Argue, you know, don't go down that road. It may be a pet peeve, but we need to make sure that we're not Agreed. we're not uh, we're not hindering our ability to travel. I, I I agree with that. But you have some honor honorable. So that's number one, the security process. You have some honorable mentions here. So in thinking about this, because a lot of these things, you know, in the moment, you're so irritated about them. But you never encounter this in a day to day basis, so you forget about them. So I was like, you know, looking online, what are people's pet peeves? And then thinking that, okay, that's, I'm now triggered by this pet peeve. So you're right. That is one of my pet peeves. And I found this article and I just need to know if people are encountering these things on a regular basis. Some of the pet peeves were people using speakerphone, people painting their nails, cutting their fingernails or toenails. Toenails, I just need to know if someone is doing that, how? Because I have a, a difficult time cutting my toenails in general. <laughs> it's like something you have to be fairly flexible in order to do. And in this much space on an airplane, how are we making that happen? And flossing their teeth. People are, reg are we're regularly encountering people flossing their teeth on an airplane. So I'm, much so that it's a pet peeve. I'm trying to think if I've ever flossed because I'm a flosser. I'm a, okay. I floss a lot, but I'm trying to think if I've ever flossed on, cause I carry these little flossing things, these little yeah. heart flossers with me. Uh, I don't think I've ever flossed. If I have, it's been like an, an emergency situation where you clearly have something stuck in your teeth and you're like, man, I got to get this out or I'm going to die. Yeah. Uh, but, but just sitting there with the, you know, wrapping the, wrapping your floss around your finger and going full board, flossing your teeth. And that's kind of foul. 
The worst thing is I, I've never seen anybody cut their toenails. I've seen somebody cut their fingernails on, on a flight. Maybe a, a nail but, file. Yeah. But like to take out a fingernail clipper. Right. On a plane. Yeah. I feel like only recently. But the toes, I can't see. Now, through TSA to begin with. Right. But on the, on the, on cutting your toenails, here's something that I have seen. And I do not understand people who think that they can, that they can do this in a, in, in a modern society or someplace that, that, you know, just in a cultured society, whatever I want to call it. Yeah. Keep your shoes on. I agree. Keep your shoes on. on here. But as I was saying, some of these things I started thinking about. Keep your shoes on. Why, Why do you have to take your shoes off? Is it that bad? Because you have other people around you and you may have nose blindness to your feet, but I'll bet you there's, there's, there's something, there's something making their way from your feet that people don't want to experience. And if you can't keep your, and if you can't keep your shoe, keep your socks on for God's sake, keep your socks on. What I don't get is the people that. And again, here's my germaphobe coming out is like, they'll walk down the aisle of the plane into the bathroom in socks. Oh my gosh. You are taking your socks. Oh my gosh. Restroom. Oh my gosh. I, every time I fly, I have to unlace my, I always wear sneakers. Mm-hmm. I have to unlace my sneakers because with the altitude, my feet swell and then my laces are too tight and my feet hurt. But I always say like, you can do that and still keep your shoe on. Samantha, okay. Like your feet are not swelling three sizes in which you need to take the shoes off. I need to back up a little bit. Okay. Because your number two pet peeve were people who hold up security. I take, I unlace my sneakers while I'm waiting to give my license. I slip them off, put them in the bin. Okay. Fair enough. Go over to a seat, sit down. Fair enough. Because slip on shoes are not only not only widely available, they are comfortable and they are aesthetically acceptable right now. My problem is that I'm not going to walk barefoot. (laughs) So like there is no sandals are not an option. Gotcha. (laughs) That's funny. This has been a fun list. I do want to ask you this. Okay. Cause we're going to wrap up here in a minute. Uh, Samantha, I do want to ask this. We've talked about pet peeves off the top of your head. What are your, other than getting there quickly, what are your two or three things that you really enjoy about flying? I, it usually ends in a vacation. That's about okay. It. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Actually, no, I do like, I wish I read more. And one of the few times I do sit down and read a book is on an airplane or on a train or something. So I do like that aspect. It gives me a, not that I need an excuse, but a more focused time to sit down and take out a book versus at home. I'm usually watching TV. That's, that's my favorite thing about, about air travel. It is a good time to just read a book and not, not have to work. You know what I mean? Not have to think about work, not have to think about other stuff you have to do. You're in this tube thousands yeah. of feet in the air there's not whatever whatever issues come up in life there's nothing you can do about it anyway uh, it's you can just be completely down and if people would allow them to do that to allow that 
from themselves just to be completely down, just to be completely relaxed and you're okay. I think air flight will be, would be much more enjoyable for everybody. Yeah. And here's, I'll give you a funny quirk about me in air flight. Um, whenever I travel on plane, it takes me a long time to go to sleep at night. Uh, I kind of have a process that I go through, except when I'm on a plane, when I'm on an airplane, I, I, I fall asleep almost as soon as I sit down, even though I'm on the aisle seat. So I have to be careful not to, not to <laughs> lean, lean <laughs> when I'm snoozing. <laughs> you would love to sit next to me if I. <laughs> well, you'd be leaning the opposite direction. Right, that's true. That's a good point. It's the middle seat. It's that middle yeah. person that, that's going to... I would never find myself in that situation because I would never be in the middle seat because I booked my flight four months in advance and I'm in the window. Right, right. But almost immediately, I fall asleep when I'm on, when I'm on an airplane. And I, and I don't know what it is. There's been times that I've, I have fallen asleep thinking that we're landed and we've not even taken off. Do you think there is like, you know, you have no responsibilities for X in that period of time? That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what but it like, is. When you're going to sleep at home, you probably have no responsibilities for the next foreseeable six hours. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. But there, there's a sense that you can do something about it no matter what yeah. it is. You know, open an airplane. Eh, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to pay $10 an hour for Wi-Fi. Uh, so I'm not going to yeah. get on, on an email or anything like that. So here I am. So I'm just going to relax. This has been a fun list. This has been a fun list, Samantha. I, 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 my hope for you is that you enjoy people a little more. Here's my thing. I really, really enjoy some people. <laughs> and I really, really don't enjoy most other people. That's so like funny. there's a, a decent I get it. I get it. Batch of people. And when I'm with those who I really am like filled, you know? Right. But the day-to-day -day interactions with the general public, just I have no interest in. Well, <laughs> big city Sam, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you uh you listening, you your input on the show, uh, the interactions that we've had and you coming on to talk about your pet pet peeves. This is this yeah, has been fun. a lot of, and you're a joy. You're a real, you're a real joy. And, uh, it's been, this has been fun. I, I do want to have you, have you back on the show. If it, even if it's for a short period of time to talk about leggings, cause that's an interesting, that's an interesting subject did, for me. Did anyone else reach out to you about that subject? Nope. You're the only person. <laughs> you're the only person. That's funny. Well, we'll talk about just Go the ahead. way you phrased it exactly the same way as I always <laughs> phrase it. Leggings are not pants. They're not. They're just glorified pantyhose. <laughs> That's what they are, as far as I'm concerned. There you go. Well, we're going to wrap it up right there for today. Big City Sam, thank you so much for, for hanging out with me today. Thanks that for having me. It means a lot. You know the reason I do the show every single day is because I love talking to you. It, it means so much to me that you come here every day to listen. And uh, it means a lot that you give me feedback and you give me uh, input on the show. And I also do the show to become a better podcaster. That's why I started the show. So your feedback is important to me. I hear from you a lot, Sam, and I hear from a lot of, uh, a lot of listeners uh, on a regular basis. And ju it just means so much to me. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it because it helps me become a better podcaster. And if you want to help me become a better podcaster, you can email me, joe at thesimplejoe.com, or send me a text at 513-399-6468. If you just want to say hi, that would be cool. It puts gas in my tank. It just, just makes me happy when I hear hear from you. And don't worry about 
writing that information down or trying to remember it. It's all in today's show notes. However, you're listening to the show, however, you're in your Spotify or, or iTunes or Google, Google podcasts or whatever, pocket cast, whatever, however you're listening to the show. Uh, it's in there right there in today's show notes. And if you like listening to the show, will you do me a favor? Share it with your friends on social media. I usually check Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. That's those are the three that I, those are the only three that I check and use the hashtag simple. Joe is my friend. Well, tomorrow Saturday. I hope you are, have plans to spend time with people who love you and the people who you love. And I hope you have plans to make great memories. Give them something to talk about. Give them stories to talk about. Give them things that they can they can tell their grandchildren generations from now about that time they spent the weekend with you. That would be the, that would be cool. You know why? Because memories are better than stuff. Remember that. Memories are better than stuff. Big City Sam, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Everybody out there, I love you, but not in a weird way. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care. Take care.